Welcome to the Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast, brought to you weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. We'll be talking about everything that you ever wanted to know about Talker United. Uh, you can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Cosmic week on the podcast this week, Richard. It's a great week to be a Talker United fan, uh, and for reasons which will become clear in a moment, it's officially cosmic, isn't it? I don't think that's a word we've ever used on the podcast before, Guy, do you? I don't, and it's impossible to say it if you're of a certain age without trying to impersonate Rodney Trotter either, because cosmic was one of his catchphrases, wasn't it? Was it? <laughs> I'm so young, guy. I I don't know. I'm showing my age here, aren't I? No, I, I I'm 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 of that age too. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure it was. So the podcast this week will go off and listen to what Gary had to say after the Maidenhead game. In a few moments, he was understandably absolutely buzzing after that game. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about Wrexham, a little bit about Maidenhead. We'll look ahead to Kings Lynn on Saturday, Dagenham and Redbridge next Tuesday. We'll have a few things to say about how Talker United have responded to having fans back in again uh, and the way things are going up there because the last two games have been played in front of crowds. The trophy draw has been made and we've got a Christmas surprise coming up for everybody next week, which won't be a surprise because we'll tell you what's happening. But we're going to have a bit of a game next week. There's going to be a quiz and you can all join in. First of all, all, should we go off? By the way, I'm not looking forward to this quiz. (laughs) <laughs> You'll be fine. What could possibly go wrong? Well, well all, all, all will be revealed next, you know, in next week. Is it, is it next week? It's next. It's week. next week. It's oh, I bet. I bet. I better get the books out. You had, but let's uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's this week's podcast, and let's go off and have a listen to Gary. The first twenty minutes, and we've played some great football this season so far. But the first twenty minutes was cosmic. Is the only word I can think of. Um, and we put so much energy into demoralising them. And we needed to be 4-0 up and deserve to be 4-0 up. Credit to them, you know, they threw themselves in front of everything. But uh, And it wasn't necessarily missed chances. It was chances that were, you know, great bits of combination play of nearly an end product. Um, it was good to get the, the goal just, after, uh, just before half-time. That was good going in. That uh, warmed up our supporters. Got the second goal and it looked, uh, you know, it looked uh, okay then. You know what I mean? But I mean, I've got to give credit to like, Danny Wright, who's been on the treatment table um, for the last couple of days. Uh, we didn't think he would be available, but he wanted to play. He, uh, I think he had a um, not an injection, but a, a painkilling pill. So did um, uh, well. Connor played when he got side down last week, and he played where. No, you know, he's not. A, he's a superhero. If he's not a superhero, then he doesn't play today. Do you know what I mean? But he wants to play, and he, his pain threshold was unbelievable. Um, and we had Asa, who had to take painkillers today as well. So uh, there, there were some people that went beyond the call of duty today, and that's sort of why we had to change a couple because uh, Wits got injured down there on his Achilles. So hopefully. Uh, They'll be ready for, for the weekend, but you know, games are coming thick and fast. Every team's got this same problem. But uh, I can understand why some teams, in the end, you just sort of sit back a little bit. Uh, 
we didn't want to score that one and make it a little bit closer, but uh, I think we saw out the last 10 minutes very well. I mean, you've mentioned the three players there, Danny Wright, Ben Whitfield, Connor Lemon, Hay Evans, the standing ovation that they all got when they left the field yeah. shows is just a measure of their yeah, performance tonight. exactly, it? and people didn't know this story, you know, behind that, so, uh, you know, very proud of them, again, and the uh, crowd were good just when they needed to be, you know, when it was all quiet, and we had a goal kick, and there was a few minutes to go, then the, the chant goes up, and that does pick the players up, I promise you, so please you know, keep that going, if they're allowed to, I think. Oh, it's George here. <laughs> Don't want to upset anybody. Um, so, you know, another result for the club. I always see it as a club thing, and uh, it's nice to be still top of the league. We were saying before the game how nice it would be to start getting a little bit of a, uh, a gap at the top, and there is a little bit more of a gap tonight, uh, being five points with the other results going yeah. going our way. Yeah. Uh, that uh, sets things up nicely for Saturday, doesn't it? Nicely. And... Uh, Every win you make, you, 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 every win you take, then uh, you make ground up on, on the opposition, because there's, uh, you know, there's going to be teams that want to be up the top themselves. Um, early, before the season started, there was a few that were more favourites than us, if you like. So it's, uh, it's good. But when you're up there, you're there to be shot at. Everybody's going to try and beat the team that are at the top, so that they can gloat that they beat the top of the league team. But uh, we're hanging on in there, and uh, the boys are playing some great stuff, really. I mean, when you put the highlights together, and you know, credit to the highlight makers, um, because it shows you how many opportunities we've created. You know, whereas if you, you know, when we first started, maybe last year when we didn't quite get it together, the highlights were like three minutes long. <laughs> now they're getting to sort of 11 and 12s and things like that. So um, yeah, that's good, and I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased that we are picking up these points often. And finally, Gary, in those last few stages where it did get to 2-1, it must be nice having the Yellow Army behind you, seeing you through those final stages. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what they're coming in, coming in for, to support the team. Um, it's great to you know, uh, celebrate with them at the end. And the, and the <coughs> boys deserve the applause and the, the credit that they're getting from the crowd, the supporters, and, uh, and vice versa. So, um, you know, it's still early. Was it 12 games now? So you, normally at Christmas time you've played like 28 games or something like you know. So um, it's still early, but we, we certainly had made a, a fantastic start. So well done to everybody. Cosmic indeed. There's only one word for it. Uh, Chalky have been fantastic the last couple of games. Rich, haven't you? You had the luxury of watching them on screen on Tuesday, so you had a slightly broader view than I did. They were magnificent Tuesday night. Yeah, I, I, I was feeling a bit under the weather on Tuesday night and decided that um, I, I should stay at home and um, was was able to, for, for the first time actually watch it on a, a feed from Talk United. Obviously, I've watched all the feeds from away games but it was nice to to get an idea of, of of how well talk united do the feed and my friend was doing the camera work on on tuesday night he doesn't always do it because he works away in london most of the time but he was able to do tuesday night so it was able it was good to watch his handiwork um and very well he did too yeah it was, it was an interesting match wasn't it that first 20 minutes was interesting well they were incredible in the first half i mean i, I it was just after half-time, their goalkeeper made it a terrific double save right down in front of us at the family stand end. And somebody said Talkie had 13 shots on target by then. 
Yeah, our, um, um, our, our former colleague David Thomas was doing the, the, the chat on uh, doing the, the co-commentary and uh, yeah, he was counting them up as, as he always has done, as we know, as yeah. we sat next to him. He was counting up the, the, the chances and there were, there were plenty. There were three in the first three minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was intense. And Gary said, didn't he, in the interview that, um, you know, he, he, he sent them out there to demoralise Maidenhead early on. And the fact that they weren't 4-0 up at half-time was nothing to do with, n- nothing to do with the, um, the fact that Torquay weren't good enough to be 4-0 up. They should have been 4-0 up. It was more to do with the fact that a couple of times the end result quite wasn't there. And a lot of the time, Maidenhead did well to keep them out. They did. I thought their keeper did pretty well. Yeah. I mean, there was a point where he got injured in the first half, wasn't there? And it crossed my mind that if he had to go off, that um, that would work pretty well for Torquay because he was having a decent game and continued to do so in the second half. Well, it, 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 cr- it crossed my mind that he, he got injured because they wanted a break from it because it was incessant. And uh, it might have been one of those injuries that was... was uh, oh, let's, let's, let's take a break for a moment. Was it Gary or was it Nico or was it Gary Hours? I can't remember, who talked to us a long time ago about this sort of tactic, shall we say, a bit of gamesmanship, that when your goalkeeper goes down injured, they have to stop the game. Yeah. You know, if an outfield player goes down, you can ask him to get off the pitch for treatment and that. But if a goalkeeper goes down, that creates a break in the play, doesn't it? And Indeed. It does happen from time to time. Indeed. No, I mean, uh, and you can hardly blame them either. They were under the cosh, weren't they? If, yeah. they're, if, if they're ever a team was. I remember years ago, uh, the, the, the Lee Rodicini years, um, when we were playing Berry at Playmore. And it was nil-nil, and they'd gone down to nine men. And I remember the last half an hour was like that, and it ended up nil-nil. And I've never seen a game since then that, that was so one-sided for such a long period, and yet, and yet no goals were scored. It did feel a bit like that as we approached half-time on, 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 Saturday, uh, on Tuesday night. It did. I, when we were preparing for this podcast, I was trying to think of, you know, man of the match and players who were outstanding on Tuesday. And it's really difficult because every time you think of one, you think, oh, hang on, what, how about so-and-so? I mean, right from the back, Sean McDonald, I thought, had a great game, made a couple of superb saves in the second half. Uh, almost the first efforts that Maidenhead had on target. And he, um, he hadn't gone to sleep. He hadn't got too cold. He, he made a couple of great saves. Sharing, I thought, was great, but you know who I'm going to mention next. I'm going to mention Ben Whitfield because that opening goal, it looked good from where I was sitting, nearly 100 yards away. Yeah, you would have been um, right over the other side of the pitch because they've moved us, uh, moved us to the yeah. family stand, haven't they? I've seen the video clip since, and it's brilliant. It's a great crossfield pass from Aaron Nemain. Whitfield takes it, runs with it, cuts inside and shoots back across the keeper, basically. It's, it's just a brilliant goal from a player who's in the form of his life, isn't he? Which, which goal is that? <laughs> the absolute... It's just... The, the goal like on Stan. Tuesday night is, is the lob over the keeper, Asa Hall. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the Wrexham goal. You're thinking Sorry, of all, all Ben Whitfield goals, a, a class. That's what you're thinking. I backtracked to the Wrexham goal by mistake. Well, yeah, absolutely. The, the first goal against Maidenhead as well. That was a great ball from Asa Hall. Yeah, it? so well, what happened was it was clear, wasn't it? And, and the ball came basically to Asa Hall in the middle of the field. But it came to him at a height where he had to basically jump and volley it forwards. Um, whether yeah. he'd seen um, Whitfield 
starting his run or not is, is another thing. But he did volley it forward and Whitfield ran onto it and goalkeeper came out, didn't he? And, and a little dinky volley over the top of the goalkeeper and it dropped below the below the crossbar and in, into the net. I appreciate you were 100 miles away. So, uh... <laughs> right. so yeah, to be fair, it's, it was the goal that I missed completely was um, was the goal from the Maidenhead score towards the end. I oh, right. The ball had gone in, but uh, couldn't quite work out what had happened. Maidenhead didn't celebrate. They just came back towards the uh, halfway no. line with the ball. No. Chalking were just basically shaking their heads and the fans behind the goal didn't make a sound. No. So there was kind of a moment where I thought, has that gone in? Has Donald and that one? So that was so that was away in the distance, but it's a small small problem. I could actually see you on the feed uh, occasionally, guy, and you were very lonely over there on, on Tuesday night because obviously Dave was doing the uh, the, um, the 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 streaming. I was at home yeah. being being moany ill. And um, and I can see one chat behind you because obviously Maidenhead aren't the biggest club in the world, so they probably didn't send send down many people, if any. And it did look like you were very lonely over there. I was a bit Billy No Mates, but it was it's quite interesting because the Maidenhead bench every time they had something to do with their substitutes, they were phoning the press guy sat behind me, and he was passing on the information to the substitute sitting in front of me. So he'd get a call now and then from Alan Devonshire and his team on the bench and he'd have to shout down to the substitutes and say, so-and-so, so-and-so, right, go and get warmed up. And then it was so-and-so, okay, you're going on. So the instructions came to the press bench, it, which was interesting. It, it was quite interesting for the Wrexham match as well, Guy, that the, the, the subs are now sitting in front of the old the old temporary press area, which we've been put back to in, 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 the, uh, in the family stand. Uh, and um, the, the, the two sets of subs and coaching staff are sitting quite close to each other. We had, we had oh. um, Wrexham in front of us and then Torquay just to the side of us. Now, previously, because obviously they're not allowed to sit on the bench, when we were over the other side and, and when there was no fans in the, in the Bristow's bench, they were way apart. I mean, they probably yeah. couldn't even see each other. Uh, now... They are more or less next to each other. And there was a little bit of banter, wasn't there, during the Wrexham game between the two sets of subs, um, especially when you know, someone would get up and shout, oh, ref, what's that? And then you know, the noises would come from the other side. It's all quite friendly. There was nothing, nothing uh, derogatory said, but it was, it was interesting to see them sitting so close and getting so passionate. And I guess, uh, did that happen again on Tuesday night? It was. It wasn't quite so noisy on Tuesday night, but it'll be interesting, as you say, if a game develops where there is a little bit of bad feeling. Heaven forbid, obviously, fans hate to see that kind of thing. Absolutely. Slightly tongue-in-cheek. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean, if that does develop, that could get quite tasty up there. Yeah. As you say, yeah. they're only just the, uh, the two-metre social distance apart. Yeah, no, it is, it is, it is weird. Um, and it's, it's another new experience for us, isn't it? It is. Another player I wanted to mention before we... I mean, there's so many good performances. Lemon Hay Evans is playing, is in the form of his life. Asa Hall is in the form of his life. There's, everybody's playing well. But I think a player who gets overlooked a little bit is Aaron Nemain. I think he had one of his best games on, on Tuesday night. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he can be frustrating. He loses very. the ball. You know, he will lose control. But he, if you look at the goals that are getting scored by Torquay, he's involved in so many of yeah. them. He, he he really frustrated me at the start. Sorry, sorry to talk over. He really frustrated me at the start of the season. Um, it wasn't quite happening for him, but uh, uh, the last the last couple of months he's been he's been brilliant, and you can see why now. Um, which I, I kind of had questioned previously. He was in the Manchester City, you know, uh, 
youth team and reserves. Um, he he doesn't. It doesn't always happen for him, and his sometimes his his pass goes a little bit errant. Um, sometimes you know his first touch isn't the best, but boy, when he runs at players, sometimes you can see them physically worried. You know, you can see you can see by the way that they react to him running at them that that they're not comfortable, and that's that's a great thing to to be able to to enjoy watching. Yeah. He's becoming the thinking fans, Calvin Kalala. Well, and I didn't want to bring that name up because um, at the start of the season, that was that was who I was thinking of. Um, but he's he's shown that he's a much better player than than Calvin, just, who, by the way, we, we still don't think has got a new club. I think that's a shame for Calvin. Um, you know, player with great promise, but I mean, Aaron Nemain is just a, a degree smarter, isn't he? Yeah. He's just a, you know, he's he's a step up, I think. Yeah, terrific. Player. My my man of the match, by the way, was was Asa Hall. I thought he had a, a wonderful game in midfield. Slowly, closely followed by Lemonay Evans, who's having a great season. But I thought Asa Hall, considering Gary said, didn't he, that that three players um, had had to take painkillers to play, but they all wanted to play, and that was Danny Wright, who who was. Must have been overjoyed to get the goal in the second half before he before he was pulled off because he knew he would be pulled off at some point during the second half. Um, yeah. And Asa Hall and Lemonade Evans and uh, Evans got in Gary's words scythed down uh, during yeah. during the Wrexham game and and that's why he he was touch and go. Uh, Asa Hall, not the youngest man in the world, well younger than me, but uh, as a footballer, um, you know there are limits. And he's yeah. he's doing so well as is uh, Danny Wright, and and, and for that, both of those to have such good games on Tuesday night after picking up strains or injuries or whatever they were, uh, f- phenomenal, brilliant. Yeah, they're all held together with ibuprofen and sticky tape yeah. at the moment. Yeah, but um, yeah, great performances all round. Um, yeah, both both games really really good. Well impressed with that. But talking about the, the current form of Asa Hall, it gets you thinking that we're entering a kind of a golden era for Torquay fans. Ooh. Let me explain before it sounds too it. By the way, before we go on, my dog is barking because of the, the postman. And, uh, oh, that's fine. And, 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 and the wife is in her room and she might not have realised. So the dog might bark for a little while, but I think it's that's just subtly in the background. Just the sound well, effects. All Torquay United fans, as you think back over the years that you've been supporting Torquay, there are certain times that stick out in your mind as being brilliant golden times at Playmore. I mean, yep. For me, you, you'll have yours, but for me, late 60s when I first started going, uh, late 70s, Willie Brown and Les Lawrence times. Then, of course, there was Cyril's team. Um, <coughs> brilliant team. All the, You know, all the pictures of Cyril's team are black and white. They just look like a bunch of monochrome hard men the whole time. <laughs> but that was a great team. Leroy's team, that the, um, Roy McFarlane's team, Leroy's team that got promotion. But this is going to be another of them, isn't it? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I'd, I'd add, I'd add the. Yes, it's, maybe it's the same. It's a continuation of the same thing, but I'd add, I'd add the the national south championship team as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. I I was away for the um, the 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 kind of two thousand and eight to two thousand and fifteen. Uh, time. Team, yeah. Well, there's a yeah. team in there which I didn't get to see very much, which I think you, you'd probably add as well. But the, the players that we've got at the moment, you'd be hard pushed to think of somebody playing better in the centre of midfield 
than Asa Hall. Looking back over the teams that you've known, you'd be hard-pushed to think of a better centre-back playing for Torquay than Kyle Cameron right at the moment. Absolutely. And obviously, looking at you know wing play, forward wing play, Ben Whitfield, I can't remember, going back to Steve Morrell and people like that, players playing that well out on the flank. Yeah. This is it's just absolutely a great time to be watching Torquay. It is. And I think, I think uh, I had a quick chat with um, our uh, uh, former Earthworld colleague, David Thomas, on Sunday, I think. Uh, I gave him a quick ring and, and we had a chat about, about Saturday's game. And he brought up the point that um, they, they nullified Luke Young on, on, on Saturday yes. for the Wrexham game. I mean, Luke Young was... Uh, I, I, when Dave mentioned it, I said, yeah, you're right. I, I hadn't written down the name Luke Young on my report until way into the second half when he had that free kick. Um, and we know what, what a player Luke Young can be on his day. And they did not let him be that player. No, they didn't. They didn't at all. And, um, you know, one or two free kicks, one or two dead balls that he took, that was really the only influence he had on the game. And for a player as good as Luke Young, to have that little say in a match like that, as you say, is um, is quite remarkable. No, it was. I mean, it's, it's it's been a great couple of games, isn't it? And you know, you look all over the park. I mean, you you have to even look at Sam Sherring playing at right back and 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 Jake Andrews playing a kind of left back position ish. Yeah. Uh, both of them. Well, I mean, I was going to say both of them pushing forward. Maybe Jake Andrews a bit more, but but then you know they're all quite loose in their position. Um, yeah. You know, when you see. Um, Carl Cameron almost up front at two or three points during during the game on on Tuesday night and 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 you, and you, you know it's all it's all it's all quite loose and you know players are playing where they where they know they can make an impact and it's good to see but when you've got Sam Sherring who's never played well as far as we we know especially at Tor- certainly at Torquay he's never played right back before in a game and you've got uh, uh, Jake Andrews on the uh, kind of that left back position. You've got key players playing out of position with key positions missing. You know players who play in those positions normally missing, and yet you wouldn't really be able to tell. No, you wouldn't. And the fact that Kyle Cameron was able to get forward so much on Tuesday yeah. night, and there were times when he was right up alongside yeah. Danny Ryan, yeah. is also a testament to how well Fraser Kerr. Uh, he's he he well. he's slotted in seamlessly, hasn't he? Um, yeah. One of one of the uh, one of one of the interesting things about writing match reports is sometimes you you, you reread it and then you think, well, that player had such a good game. Why haven't I mentioned him? Was because yeah. he just did the easy things and uh, there was no, you know, there was no there was nothing amazing about what he did he just did everything right and and sometimes players slip through match reports because they've just had such a good game that you've not noticed them great stuff absolutely and and cosmic is really cosmic it is the word isn't it cosmic is the word for the way things are going at the moment absolutely so fans are back Mm. but not all that many fans are back no. Um, the gate against Wrexham was 975. The gate against Maidenhead was 980. Um, Chalky would have been allowed to have rather more in than that. But, I mean, a lot of the season ticket holders haven't gone back yet, have they? There, there, there are quite a few things about this. First and foremost, uh, season ticket holders get the first um, dibs on passes. Now, um, I suggest that there is... 
a slight higher age group with season ticket passes than there are younger people. And um, some of those people might not be ready to go back to football grounds. Um, Also, it's Saturday especially, was bloody cold. Um, (laughs) It was horrific. It was really cold. Uh, I don't know what it was like Tuesday night. I was quite warm at home, but... um, it was a bit better on Tuesday yeah. night. Um, but Saturday said, was extremely cold, and I think that might have put off some people who converted their season tickets into passes as well. Also, you had to go and pick your ticket up before Friday. Now, I believe from, from reading a couple of things online that there were people who turned up on Saturday expecting just to be able to use their season ticket to, to go in. And it's yeah. a shame they couldn't get in, and that would have brought, you know, the, the, and that would have brought the crowd up a bit. However... Uh, I think the club did quite well to, to publicise how you did it. So, yeah. um, uh, you know, that's a shame that, 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 that they couldn't get in. Um, and hopefully they would have learned how to do it after that. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 there were less people at Exeter City on Tuesday night. Um, that was a Papa John, our favourite competition, the Papa John's Trophy. Um, so the topping trophy game. Yeah, so so there wouldn't have been you know extremely big uh, attendance for that anyway on a, uh, in normality. But um, um, you know they they did open the gates and the 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 Tor the Bay Council advisory group or whatever it's called you know have set limits. They are monitoring how fans behave, how the club looks after the fans, how the club uh, implements its um, its COVID. Uh, restrictions, etc., and, and rules, and so far, so good. Apparently, so far, so good. You talk about how the club looks after the fans. I would say magnificently. Well, I read some. You know what? Yeah, I read some really good reports online. Um, it depends what kind of thread you thread that you click on, isn't it? I'm not one for reading forums. Um, occasionally, because of what I view on my Facebook, some algorithm throws up a forum. Yeah, uh, throws up a thread from the forum, and I'll click on it, and um, and I, you know you get sucked in, don't you? Um, after the after the, the the Saturday game, it was obviously a thread from from a fan that was a bit dis- disgruntled who couldn't get in or something, and there was a bit of negativity. But on on Wednesday when I when the same happened to me, there were some really good reports of how how the fans had been treated brilliantly, how it was all going swimmingly and smooth and and. Uh, and you know, and there there is a bit there is a bit of um, uh, I don't know what the word is, but 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 you know they are happy to be told what to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean the and the, the experience of going in there is is excellent at the moment. Whatever work has been done behind the scenes is really paying off. You get your temperature taken. You, I mean, the stewarding is, is done with a smile. Do you know where you're going? Yeah, off you go, head on your own way. There are people there for, um, you know, to make sure that social distancing is observed. Everything just seems to be properly well done. Yeah, yeah. And that's I'll... that kind of, it, it permeates right the way through the club at the moment, doesn't it? They're, everything is just being done properly. And I think the fans appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, we, we, we're all going through this together, aren't we? It's a... It's, it's trying times. I mean, you know, we thought we'd come out the other end at one point a couple of months ago, didn't we? And of course, we, yeah, we, yeah. we were all wrong about that. But, you know, um, there is an understanding, isn't there, from the fans and from, from the club that we have to work together. And, and let's hope that that continues. Yeah, 
Indeed, another home game coming up on yeah, Tuesday. We'll yeah, we'll absolutely. That in a minute. There'll be a W question coming up in a, a few moments, okay. by the way. We'll, uh, we'll be finding out the top player, the, the most appearances for a player whose surname begins with W. That's how close we are to the end of the alphabet now. And the number of goals for the player beginning with W. We'll also have a look and see what the X goals have been up to this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, yeah, a few other bits and pieces. Thanks very much to Michael Tobin, by the way, for uh, an email keen listener to the podcast always nice to get an email he's asked us a question that i can't answer and i don't know if anybody else can he's interested in the run run out music whether there's been different run out music under different managers now we know we have robert miles yeah and we have herb alpert yeah before herb alpert back in the 60s um it would have been a bit of Sorry. Van McCoy, by any chance. That was Van McCoy, yeah. That was Van McCoy. That's, it was, yeah, I'm quite pleased with myself for recognising that. <laughs> but yeah, Michael was saying, did he, has each manager had different run-out music? Is there different music? I, I can't remember. But yes, is the answer. Um, the only manager that I can think of that, that, that um, had some kind of, who wanted some kind of say about what the music was that was played before the game. And this wasn't necessarily before the game, but but the kind of the music that was played by, you know, the incidental music that played during during halftime, etc., was Kevin Kevin Nicholson. He liked to have a hand in what was being played. And it was quite rap heavy, wasn't it? If I remember oh, rightly. Yeah. Um, before that, I'm not sure if anyone really had a... A say. I'm not sure any any manager up until recent managers would have would have wanted to have a say. They it wouldn't have been their um, their ball court, as it were. But um, Kevin certainly wanted to uh, have lively music playing uh, in the stadium um, for, for for whatever reason. So yeah. So so at least we we know that he he liked to influence the uh, the sounds. Yeah. I still think they should let the fans curate the pre-match music. They should throw it open to fans now and then to come up with a, a playlist of half a dozen songs to go in before the game. They do that up in one of the Scottish clubs where they do all these kind of cool and groovy things about pre-match music. But uh, offer it out to the fans. Curate the pre-match music. Not the players. As long, Not the as players. Long as you play Robert Miles. Not the players, though. <laughs> No, I wonder what gets played in the dressing rooms these days. But yeah, thanks for the question, Michael. Maybe some of our uh, archive uh, readers will uh, will be able to yeah. answer them for you. Um, let's look ahead to the next two games. Then we're away at Kings Lynn this weekend. Woohoo! You know, you were you were up there. You must know a little bit. About I know Kings quite a lot Lynn. about Kings Lynn. In actual fact, um, I saw Kings Lynn quite a lot. Um, I covered. Uh, I worked for a paper in Huntingdonshire, which is a, which is a, a, a historical piece of Cambridgeshire, which kind of still uh, still has its own kind of uh, individual feel, as it were. And there's a couple of clubs in there: Huntingdon Town, St Ives Town, um, Ainsbury Rovers, and um, and God Manchester Rovers. Um, they were all playing kind of kind of Buckland level and. Um, Kind of Tiverton level, uh, St Neots as well. Sorry, and it was uh, St Ives uh, were in the United Counties Premier Division, and they um, they were playing alongside uh, Kings Lynn Town in that division. In fact, quite a few players went from A to B, um, and uh, St Ives had a chap called Connor Washington who went on to play quite 
quite prestigiously and, and still plays for Northern Ireland, I believe. Uh, he was a 16-year-old when I first saw him play for St Ives. He's got a wonderful hat-trick here against Kings Lynn. Uh, uh, in, in, in an end of season, I think it was the United, uh, United Counties League, uh, League Cup final at, um, at Wisbeach. It was a lovely hat trick. They, so they've, they, they've moved up through the divisions uh, since then and, and have done really well. They're always quite a big team playing at a lower level. Um, uh, so they're, obviously, they're, they're now fresh, at our level. They're fresh up into our league this mm, year, aren't they, mm. Kingsley? They're um, they're managed by Ian Culverhouse. They are a uh, former Norwich City, of course. Norwich. They're just they're just down the road from Norwich. They're just a bit west. Great player in his day, wasn't he, Ian Culverhouse? So he knows a thing or two. I can't find any record of us ever having played them before in a competitive fixture. No, the only the while I was up there, while I was up there, the only team that we'd ever played was was uh, Ely, uh, which yeah. was a cup game some time ago. That was the only team that we'd ever played. While I was up there, I did see um, Tiverton Town play St Neots up while I was up there, um, which was which was as close as any of those teams got to Torquay. Um, but no, I, I think you're right. I don't think we've played Kings Lynn. Um, no, it'll be interesting. I've sent you off on a rural odyssey oh, through yeah. India now, haven't I? There I you go. I'm longing for my days in Chatteris. <laughs> that's that's going to be my autobiography. One very interesting player in their squad, of course, is Ryan Jarvis, mm. who's playing for them at the moment. Yeah, obviously uh, another Norwich connection. Mm. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he was he was going to be the next big thing when he played for Norwich. Wasn't yeah. he scored some goals in the Premier League. David Thomas liked him, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, he's a big Norwich fan, of course, Dave. Yeah. So he was a, a keen student of Ryan Jarvis's career. He came to Torquay in twelve thirteen, so he's, it was a little while ago. But he's only thirty four now. Is I he? thought he might be a little bit older than that. Okay. Well, you know, we know what thirty four year olds are capable of. Looking at our squad. <laughs> yeah, a thirty four year old striker. Yeah. Who want one of those? No, exactly. Seven goals, Mister Wright. Well done. Uh, Kingsland are eighteenth at the moment. Yeah, they're, they're they're, they haven't had the easiest of starts, have they? Have they? No. Their top scorer at the moment is Jamal Loza. With four goals, we've seen him a few times. He's been he's been at Woking. He was at Maidstone. He was at Billericay. He's been playing and scoring at this level for quite a while. It's it's not a game to take for granted, is it? No, I, I'm sure Gary would say that none of the games are, um, are, are games to be taken to grant for granted. But um, you would hope we have enough to beat them up there, wouldn't you? Yeah, and you always get the feeling with this side at the moment that. They expect to win. I mean, there will yeah. come a point when they don't. We're not going to win every game between now and the end of the season. But when they go out and play, they talk United expect to win. Just making a note, Guy said on the 10th of December, <laughs> we are not, not going to... <laughs> they won't win every game yeah. for the rest of the season. There'll be a sneaky draw or two in there okay. anyway. I'll refer to that at the end of the season. So that's Kings Lynn on Saturday. Another home game coming up on Tuesday against Dagenham and Redbridge. Yeah, another team that haven't started well this season. They've had an awful start, haven't they? They're 19th at the moment. Absolutely, yeah. Because yeah. you all think they're going to be one of the bigger teams, one of the harder teams to beat in this league. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, you look at the games that we've got coming up, Guy, Um I mean, what we've got coming up after that, you've probably not written it down and I've, I've not got it in front of me, but we've got Yeovil and Weymouth coming up yeah. over the Christmas yeah. and New Year period. We haven't got 
hard games, and I am putting inverted commas around the hard. We haven't got hard games coming up, have we? On December the 10th, Richard's clearly said we haven't got other games coming up. Touche. But there you go. So, and Redbridge, 19th. Um, Paul McCallum is playing for them. He'll come up in a minute in the ex-goals roundup. He's got a couple of goals for them so far. Angelo Balanta's got a couple for them so far this season as well. They're managed by Daryl McMahon. Yeah. I, I hadn't realised until I was looking him up. He actually played for yeah, us. Yeah, I remember him playing only a couple of games on loan. Well, I, I, it might have been at the start of Leroy's time or at the end of Roy's. He one was of on loan. He played one game. On it was one game. Was it? I do remember the game. game. I, I can remember watching him. It's one of those odd things, you know, that sometimes you completely forget players who were only on loaner for a couple of games. Um, on this occasion, I do actually remember him playing because I, I think one of my best friends is a massive West Ham fan and uh, my mum's from that area and so there's a West Ham thing in my head and maybe it was because he was on loan from West Ham that I remember him better than other players. But yeah, I do remember him playing. Could be, could be. And play, uh, players who played for both, of course, thank you to Julian. Uh, Kings Lynn, I'd forgotten these. Ryan Jarvis, obviously. Nathaniel Roturner. Oh, right, yeah. And a fellow called Jackie Gallagher, who played oh, in the early 80s. And we're back to Chatteris. <laughs> Jackie Gall- Gallagher was um, w- w- was from that area. And uh, uh, I used to drink in the uh, the working men's club in Chatteris. And there was only four pubs. And that was the cheapest. And uh, it had Sky Sports. Um, anyone cares to look up Chatteris, it's in the middle of nowhere in the Fens. Uh, it was a lovely place to live. I really enjoyed it. But um, uh, Jackie Gall- Gallagher's uh, uh, stepson used to drink in the pub. Ah, there we go. And he's, he played for both. Dagenham and Redbridge, the players who played for both include Brian Sarr. Yes. Joe Crawley, yeah. of yeah. course, who comes up from time to time. Luke Guttridge played for both teams. Yeah. Dan Sparks. Yeah, and of course. And the aforementioned Paul McCallum. Mm. So there's quite a few, quite a bit of crossover there in the played for both. Dan Sparks, of course, was injured on on Tuesday night, wasn't he? So he didn't play. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, I'd quite like to have seen Dan playing. Good player. Always liked him. Wouldn't get in the team at the moment. Wouldn't get it. I, I was thinking on that on Tuesday night of what you said last week about all these players that we say, yeah, he's a good player. Nathan yeah. Blissett, he's a good player. None of these players that we're thinking of <coughs> getting for our team right now. No, no. You'd have to be some player to get into this team, wouldn't you? You would. And, and and anyway, even if you were, even if you were better than the players in this team, you might knock the balance out. Yeah, the balance is there. I I, I wouldn't put anybody. No. I think in this team no. at the moment. Okay, a couple of little bits of um, housekeeping before we uh, finish off. We've got the FA Trophy draw. Yeah. That's on Saturday week. We're away to either Avely or Chesham. Avely are in the Isthmian League North. They're in Essex. Chesham or in Buckinghamshire, they're of course in the Southern Premier League South. Now, the interesting thing about the FA Trophy this season and uh, those teams that we've been drawn against one or another, um, uh, they're not playing in league football at the moment. The Southern League has decided not to start until January at the earliest. Now, that's caused lots of of Southern League, Northern League and Isthmian League. uh, all All the clubs voted to continue the pause. Now, Despite the clubs voting for it, I, I, I don't think they were given much choice. So I don't think it was a case of clubs voting it for it. I think it was a case of the league kind of suggesting that that was the way it was going to go anyway. Um, 
It's it's frustrating for some team. Paul Watton, uh, Truro manager, obviously is 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 one of the people who made his club vote against the decision. Um, Martin Rogers at Tiverton, frustrated. He wants. They, I mean, they played Exmouth last week in a friendly. They're playing Buckland this week in a friendly because uh, uh, Buckland don't have a game either. Because um, the Western League actually starts the week after, so so Western League is starting. Um, but the Southern League aren't starting until January, uh, at the earliest, that is. Now, yeah. you know, this is causing all sorts of problems. Um, Sean Joyce, the Biddeford manager, said when I spoke to him this week that um, he just now wants the, the, the season changed into uh, divisions of 10 and 18 games um, because yeah. he cannot see how, if they restart in January, they are going to finish the seasons. So those teams, those two teams that we, one of those two teams that we'll play, we we will play without them having played any any league football for nine weeks. By the time we play them, they will obviously played you know the the trophy games that, yeah. that were last week and the, and a couple of weeks before. But it's a shambles. It is. I don't think we've played Averley before. We have played Chesham in yeah. trophy before, haven't we? Yeah, and Chesham is one of those teams also that fell in the kind of Southern League area when St Neots were in the Southern League when I was covering them up in Cambridgeshire. Um, they, were, they were in that division uh, around that time. And uh, um, at the end of the, end of the, uh, the Metropolitan line on the tube as well, all the it's over ground by the time it gets there. But yeah, so uh, um, yeah, interesting place, Chesham. So, I mean, being in leafy Buckinghamshire, yeah. there's quite a lot of illustrious players who've played for them in the past. It's mm. one of those places that players who are kind of reaching the end of their careers go and play for a few quid, probably. Retire to Chesham. Mark, uh, Mark Lawrenson played there. Bruce Did Wobbler he? Did he? Wow. When you said a couple of players, I didn't realise that you were talking Grobbler, Lawrenson and Blissett. That's uh, incredible. But more recently, uh, Scott Cannon. Okay, yeah. Players, he yeah. played there. Uh, Kabi Chimanga scored all those goals for uh, Oxford City mm -hmm. uh, and faced us a few weeks ago. He played there. And Manny Duku. Yay! And we'll come <laughs> to him again in a minute. I bet we will. Still scoring goals north of the border. He'll be in the ex-goals roundup in a minute. But he played for Chesham. Wow, okay. okay. Uh, and one other thing to note, Rory Keating has rejoined Galway United. Has he? Okay. Um, by yeah, it sounds like that was a um, a mutual thing where you know, I mean, I don't know if you remember, guy, but when he left Torquay, that it was it was there were rumours, weren't they? weren't there for for about a month and a half that he was going to leave because he wanted to return to Ireland. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was quite a uh, an interesting development when he ended up at Gateshead, which isn't quite Ireland, is it? Um, uh, so, you know, maybe, maybe he thought he could give it another go there and maybe he's, he's gone right now. No, I did really want to go back to Ireland and, and good on him. You know, uh, obviously his family's there. He's had a, yeah. he had a good time at Torquay. He, he, he was one of those players that you knew would work his socks off for you. Absolutely. Might not always happen, but he did pop up with some important goals and, um, and, you know, fans loved him. He did. Smashing bloke with a young family as well. Yeah. Um, we wish him well, don't yeah. we? Yeah, good, good luck, Rory Keating, back in Ireland. So the W question. Go on, then. Most appearances 
with a name beginning with W. You'll have been sweating over this for the last 20 minutes. Steve Woods. Oh, it is Steve Woods. I, th- I thought Steve Woods. I, 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 was, I was thinking Steve Woods, and I was thinking the goals must be Williams, but um, I'm probably wrong. Yeah, yeah, you are. Oh. Very, very close. Very close up there. But so, yeah, Steve Woods, 283. Alex Watson played 230 games. Oh, yeah, games. of course, yeah. And Alan Welsh played 161, so there's quite a big gap there. Right. But, but Alan Welsh redeems himself. Yeah. He's the top goal scorer, yeah. 50 goals. Yeah, it's probably not far much in it then. Uh, but it's very close behind him on 24 goals, oh, that, Vivian Williams. Is that all he scored? 24 goals. Considering he started with three. Game. Yeah, he started off with a yeah. bang, didn't he? But, and he's tied on 24 goals with a fellow by the name of Harry Waller who played for Torquay for between 1928 and 1932, and his strike rate is exactly the same, 24 goals in 122 wow. okay. games. okay, that was the second season, 28, in the, in the league, so that's interesting. It was. TorquayFanStats.com to thank for these again. Mario Walsh deserves a mention. He got 23 oh, in 113 games. Yeah. Between 84 and 87, so he was playing in a fairly dire Torquay. He was playing in a, yeah, in, a, in a bad era, in a dark era. He was. So uh, 23 goals at that time, pretty good. So Mario gets a mention. Yeah. In Super Mario. Hey. And just before we finish, shall we run through the X goals, the exploits of the X goals? Let's do that. Let's do that. Danny Mills, who played two games for us, got one for Dulwich Hamlet in a 2 1 mm-hmm. win over Eastbourne. Uh, two X goals involved in a game here. Paul McCallum scored for Dagenham and Redbridge in a 3-2 win against Weymouth. Josh McCoy scored one of the Weymouth goals. Mm-hmm. That's a double whammy for the X yeah. goals there. Reese Murphy and Joe Quigley have both scored for Yeovil yeah. in the last week. It's nice to Reece see them get that win, wasn't it, as well? I mean, we don't want them. We certainly don't want them to suddenly find some form just before we, we're going to play them but twice. But... Um, uh, it was good to see them get that win because obviously they and and it pulled them off the bottom as well. Yeah, yeah. and they'd had yeah, five yeah. five draws, so they weren't they, they had five points, and so you know uh, a win game eight, so that's why they came off the bottom. But they hadn't won all season. No, no. So maybe they're starting to turn the corner. Not too, not too not much. Too I soon. Think. Yeah, yeah. Reese Healy got another one for Toulouse in a two-two draw against Gangon. Wow. Chris Zabrowski got one for Chippenham in a 2-2 draw with Slough. Uh, Kiefer Moore, obviously, got one for Cardiff as they beat Watford 1-0. But a couple more to mention. Nathan Smudger-Smith got one of Port Vale's six against Bolton last week. And Manny Duku. Way! The mysterious Manny Duku, another one, as Wraith Rovers drew 2-2 with Dunfermolino. Have you, how many goals has he got now? I'm, I'm putting you on the spot, aren't, aren't I? But he must, he must uh, have a fair few. You. Are you going to live Google, Guy? No, I'm not. I, no. I can't. I, I've got, I'm having trouble with my phone here. Otherwise, I would go off and Google. Well, have that ready for them next week. It's not going to work. But that's the ex-goals roundup for this cosmic week on the Yellow Army yeah, podcast. No, that's good. Next week, as I say, we'll be putting you and Dave Thomas on the spot. Our guest oh, will be Dave word. Thomas next week. Uh, uh, can you be kind with the questions? Um, oh, wait them, course, wait them course, slightly. I mean, obviously, he, he, he spent 48 years covering Talk United. Um, and his retention of facts are, is incredible. And I, I tell you, I might be ill next week. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll find you. Don't worry. The quiz board will find you. I will be the avuncular quiz master. How many rounds have we got? How many what? How many rounds have we got? I haven't decided yet. Oh, okay. I imagine, yeah, it won't, it won't take up the whole of the podcast, but it's a bit of Christmas fun. Listeners can join in with it. Obviously, you'll be able to answer the questions. And um, I might even send you a box of mince pies as a prize if you win it. Guy, I just want to log on next week to this sort of the, the, this uh, Google Hangouts feed and see you in a tuxedo with a big microphone and um, a, a lovely set behind you and, uh, you know, proper. Do it properly. Come on. Wouldn't that be fun? To be honest, if, if it's in keeping with the 1960s quiz ball, I'd be sat there smoking a pipe. Well, you might be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of them were, yeah. but uh, there you go. I, I, I'm thinking kind of like mid-70s, 74, 75 um, oh, okay. get yourself a big you black want... curly wig and a yeah, moustache you want, you want a, a velvet dinner jacket yes that's it yeah like absolutely that. yeah I'll see what I can do I'm sure I have one somewhere <laughs> thank you very much for listening this has been the Talkie United Yellow Army podcast on a very very good week for Torquay fans very good season for Torquay fans yeah yeah excellent hope you're enjoying it um, we'll be back next week with a bit of festive fun couple of games to get through in the meantime but uh, as ever come, come on, on you yellows, you yellows.